Amen. God bless you. If you stand one more time, do a little bit of Pentecostal calisthenics. We've been huddled around the 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 for three weeks now. This is the last of the series, Lessons from the Thorns. I just felt to teach this. Um, started out in the church in the park, and then we're finishing today with what I just want to entitle a simple message of grow anyways. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter your background. There is some Holy Ghost grit in you. Amen. There's some dirt that God has planted you in, and you're going to grow anyways. Regardless of what has happened to you or where you've been or the traumas or the troubles, I've, I've just come to encourage somebody today that the thorns can't keep you from growing. So let's look at the Word of God real quick. Verse number 7, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn. Everyone say thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan. Uh, I, I like that. I don't know if you like that, but I like that. God, the enemy sent it, but the Lord used it. <laughs> Can I preach? Is that okay? The enemy sent it. The enemy was God's delivery service in a way. The devil brought it, but Jesus used it. Messenger, to buffet me or to, to punch me with it, lest I should be exalted above measure. He says that twice. He says in the beginning, lest I should be exalted above measure. And then he ends the verse, lest I should be exalted above measure. This is where we understand that Paul was saying, this has kept me humble. This thorn kept me humble. Amen. And then verse number eight, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that I might depart, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, Oh, I love it when the Lord speaks. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. I wonder if maybe we don't have enough rest in our spirits because we don't let us let ourselves glory in the infirmities that are in our life. I wonder if maybe we'd find more rest in Jesus Christ if we would just stop fighting the thorns and start appreciating the thorns and what it's bringing into our life, the grace and the hope. I pray today that God will use this word. Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? Use this word for your glory, I pray. Let somebody be ministered to, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship the Lord for a minute. Let's just thank him for his grace and his glory in our life. Jesus, we know that these thorns, these things we've been talking about this week, the troubles, the difficulties, those things bring more grace, and grace brings joy. And we ask you to touch the word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I love the freedom I feel in here. Reminds me of the prisoner that was breaking out of prison. He jumped over the back wall of the prison, landed in the backyard of a little girl as she was swinging on the swing. And this guy falls off the wall and lands in the backyard. And he jumps up and he goes, I'm free. I'm free. And she goes, that's nothing, mister. I'm four. <laughs> Sometimes I just love being in God's presence and feeling the freedom of 
what he's done for us. Anybody love what he does to set you free from pain, from trouble, from sorrows? The enemy wants you to focus on those pain and trouble and sorrows, amen? But God wants you to focus on the liberty in Christ Jesus and the power that the Holy Ghost brings to your life. We have a power like none other, amen? That dunamis power, it is explosive. It will change things. It will rearrange your life in ways you cannot even seem to understand till all of a sudden beauty in ashes shows up and strength and weakness shows up. Anybody been there? Amen. Those thorns are in the flesh sometimes, and I understand that. I understand what it's like to be hung up on something. And I talked about the beauty of the, the rose on top and the thorns on the bottom and how you might reach for something that's beautiful, and instead of getting the thing that you thought was beautiful, instead you get a handful of thorns. Amen. And you think, well, I reached for something that was supposed to be great. I had a, I had, it was even something that was a ministry I tried. And it was something that I, I was trying to do good for my family. And I was trying to do, do something beautiful in a relationship. And all I did was get a handful of thorns. And the devil would say, see, it's not worth it. It's the gift that keeps on giving, amen? It's the hurt that you'll never get away from. It's the wound that will never heal. That's what the heal, that's what the devil wants you to focus on. But God wants you to focus on the beauty, amen? He made the rose to open so you can see the beauty of the rose, amen? Not the danger of the thorns. He made the thorns for protection for the rose. But when you put the rose together with all the other ones that have thorns, you don't focus on the thorns in the vase anymore. You focus on the beauty beauty of the bouquet, amen? And God is making himself a, mm, I want to preach, Brother Steve, a glorious church without spot or blemish or any such thing, amen? There's going to be a day when thorns are gone forever. There's going to be a day when we have no more trouble, sickness, or pain. And I preached it in the previous sessions, but let me say, nobody in their right mind, when given a bouquet this beautiful, would look down in the vase and go, man, that's a whole lot of thorns. That's a whole lot of problem. Look at all the tangles and troubles down there. No, they don't even look at that. They look at the glorious beauty of what's opened and what's glorious. And the beauty of this display is simply uh, overwhelming whenever you look at it. Whenever you see that when God starts to work on us, he pulls us together. Amen. There's a beautiful unity. There's a great uh, opportunity for us to come together. And if we just focus on the thorns, we forget to see the beauty of what God is doing in the church. And someone said, amen. Because thorns bring grace, and grace brings joy. Amen. So that's what the picture is. That's the track that Paul gives us in Scripture. He says, when I was weak, I am strong. Then am I in strong. In my weakness, God told me his grace is sufficient. And so therefore, because his grace is sufficient, I joy in the fact that I can demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost even with thorns present, even with tanglements, even with uh, tied up, bound up moments, even with situations where I feel stuck in my flesh or the thorns have got me stuck and I can't seem to get away from that. Never let a trouble, never let a trauma keep you from believing in the power and the demonstration of Almighty God in his house and in your life and in church. There is no place where the enemy can stop God. There's no place where the enemy can stop God's plan for you. There's no place where the enemy can stop. Though he come in like a flood, the 
Spirit of the Lord. Amen, somebody. The Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. Whenever you go to prayer for your thorns and your troubles and your trials, I promise you the Spirit of the Lord will lift you up. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. What is this drawing power that we experience in this house today? It is the power of God that when we praise him, he inhabits those praises. And while he's inhabiting those praises and he references that he's been lifted up on the cross, he lifted men up when he was lifted up and hung on the cross. And the same principle happens in praise that when we are lifted up, we look down at his glory. We look down at his beauty in our life. We look down at the graciousness and the mercy of God. We're no longer focused on the thorns looking from the ground up, but he lifts us up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. What does that mean? That means the church has a different perspective than the world that we live in. That means the church has a different frame of reference than the world that we live in. I'm telling you today as I preach this thorn series that I don't know what I'm going to be able to lose in the thorns in my life, but I'm thankful that if I can't lose it, he's going to use it. Amen. He's going to hold up the beautiful things by the thorns. The thorn becomes a protection in my life because it keeps me from being prideful when I see the beauty of what God's up to. Paul was an amazing man. I went through a little bit of his history with you. 11 plus languages, most say 13. If you study it out, seven fluently, Brother Steve. Seven languages fluently. He was able to speak to those that were on Mars Hill. He could philosophize with the philosophers. He could sit at the feet of Galileo and understand sciences of their day. He could could do so many things. He was venerable and he was humble humble, yet he was still powerful with the demonstration of God. He saw God's glory, but he still had a thorn in his flesh. And God said, the strength that holds up the demonstration of my power in your life has thorns in it, but it still doesn't keep me from doing the most precious and beautiful things in your life. Would you thank the Lord for that? Would you thank the Lord that the thorn doesn't keep God from giving us triumph. The thing you have to do in life with thorns is you have to be able to do like Paul does. He says in Scripture that in Philippians that there's one thing I do. I forget the things that are behind me. And I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ, of Jesus. Amen? Of Christ Jesus. I'm thankful for this scripture. If you put it up there for me, Philippians 2, 7 through 14, it actually is a beautiful walk through scripture where you're, you're seeing Paul deal with some very special things. Brethren, I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I reach and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Can I just do a quick time out? This is Paul. 
missionary to the known world, the Gentile world, the man who studied and went and and did everything that he did as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ. And if he, Paul, who was given so many revelations from God, has not apprehended yet, that makes me feel a little bit better. How about you? If he has goals that he hasn't attained, if he has things that he's going to reach for and never get to, I'm so thankful that I get to read about this man because I understand when he gets to Troas that there was an open door set before him, but his mind was so consumed with the church in Corinth that he couldn't even walk in to the miracle opportunity that God gave him. I want to tell you today that this is a man who has not only taken advantage of every opportunity God gave him, but he's also missed opportunities that God gave him. You need to understand that whenever our minds are consumed with the thorns and our minds are consumed, he was consumed with the church in Corinth and he couldn't, he literally could not walk through the open door at Troas because of it. And I want you to know that there are moments in our life where we have thorns of grief and we have thorns of shame because we didn't take advantage of the opportunities that God put in front of us. I want you to know that's a tool of the enemy to keep you looking at that and not looking to Jesus who can open another door and open another door and open another door. You you should not grieve over the losses, but you should take time and say, Lord, help me to learn how to forget those things that are behind me, not just the bad things, but the opportunities you may have missed. I remember when I was in high school, I was ministering to this young man, and I was trying to figure out how to invite him to church, and that summer, he went and worked up north on the slope, what they call the North Slope, and he was riding a four-wheeler, and they had gotten drunk, and he flipped the four-wheeler, and it took his life, and I found out when I got back to school that next year as a sophomore that he, that Jens Pat was no longer, he was, he was no longer living, and I just, I remember staring into my locker going, God, I had an opportunity. I feel like I missed that opportunity. What am I supposed to do? And God said, I gave you chances, and I'll give you another chance. Just learn from it. Press forward in it. And then the next time I came around, I met another man. He was one of the singers of the Violent Femmes. I don't know if you know who that is. I hope you don't, but he's one of the singers of the Violent Femmes. I picked him up from a bar drunk. I took him to the church and prayed over him. Halfway through our prayer, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a can of beer and took a drink. And I said, give that to me. <laughs> We're trying to pray here. I don't need you drinking beer. He's, he's, I was trying to win him. I did everything I could to win him. I took the beer cans in and I set them in the men's bathroom on top of the toilet. And about three days later, the cleaning lady's calling, Pastor, you won't believe what's in the men's bathroom. Someone's been drinking in the boys' room. And I was like, Lord, no, that wasn't me. That, that, that was, that's not what's going on. I was trying to get this guy saved. And I want you to know that I got to minister to him anyways. And God opened opportunity after opportunity for me to learn how to not focus on the shame and the thorns and the missed opportunities and the closed doors that should that were already open, but I didn't walk through them. God gives opportunity for you to step into a bright future no matter where you've been or what you've been through or what opportunities you miss or what things you feel like you could have done better if I'd only, if I'd only been here, if I'd only done this, if I've only, if I'd only said more, I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. There is more in Jesus Christ for you. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
city of Philippi at that particular passage of scripture was when it was penned by Paul it was considered the gateway to Europe the city was formed or named after Philip of Macedonia who was the father of Alexander the Great Philippi was by all possible points of view a miniature Rome it was connecting it was the it was the connection to Europe and whenever Paul began to preach there by evangelizing Philip in the different places that they went, it ensured that the gospel would be spread throughout the Roman Empire. That this this little place where you never would think that there'd be someone sent, but God sent a man to preach, and not just Paul. But obviously, we know the difference in, in what who was sent there. But the Philippi church could have been considered an ideal church because it was one that was beautiful. It was one full of graciousness. It was one full of generosity. Amen. The letter, in fact, serves as a love letter to the saints where he was saying, Paul was saying that he was filled with warmth and gratitude because the Philippian church had sent Paul gifts. So the letter is actually a means of Paul saying, thank you for your kindness. They were a beautiful church, but they were not without thorns. Amen. They were not without troubles and trials. And I want you to know that no matter how things look for you, no matter how great your outcome is, no matter how wonderful you are at accomplishing your goals and your tasks, there are going to be some things in your life that you're going to have to press beyond. I press, he said, toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You must learn how to press on. Paul uses the analogy of a race to show we are constantly striving forward for our goal. The word press here in Scripture simply means to seek eagerly, earnestly, or to endeavor to acquire. Run as to catch. Run swiftly as to catch. That's what he's saying. Press toward the goal. The goal is a beautiful church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I want to introduce you today to the ministry of the thorns. The thing that the thorn does for you is it reminds you to turn to Jesus. We talked about that a little bit last week. But the pain points of your life are what's supposed to bring you back to Christ. The places where you hurt is where you're supposed to turn to him in prayer. The places where, you know, someone once said the megaphone of God is the pain in your life. And I think A.W. Tozer once said that if you're going to be used by God, you need a, re- a close relationship with pain and suffering. You need to be on speaking terms, I believe is what he said, with pain and suffering. Pain is what causes you to either turn from God or turn to him. But if you turn to him, you'll find others that have done the same. And together we make a beautiful and glorious church. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. No one said you had to be perfect. In fact, this bouquet proves that you don't have to be perfect. You can simply come together and entangle thorns and talk about them and and say, look, I'm going through this. I need some prayer. Would you help me take it to Jesus? No, it's not a place for gossip. It's a place to unload and say, hey, I'm, I'm going through some stuff. Would you join me in prayer? Would you join me together in praying? And in that moment of prayer, something 
something beautiful happens in your life and the ministry of the thorns turns into a revelation of what God can do in his church. Literally, the entanglement of the people of God and the root systems that run together and the thorns shared in the vase, amen, brings about a beautiful church that says we are not perfect, but we serve a perfect creator and God, and he will make us beautiful in his time. Amen? Would you thank the Lord for that, that there's beauty for every problem. There's change made when we surrender it to God. Junior Hill's book, Ministry of the Thorns, says none of us have the privilege of refusing our heartaches. We don't get that privilege. Heartache is heartache, for they are thrust upon us without choice. Having trouble is not an option, but handling trouble is. Having trouble is not an option, brothers and sisters, but how you handle it is. Understand that the, the mysteries of the beauty of God are found in the rose and the thorn, that, that we literally can handle things. If we choose, we can, resist, we can either let things be beautiful in our life even though we have hurts and pains, or we can resist and resent and then very sadly revert to self-pity. We can become focused on ourselves and our pains and we can get online, and we can ask people to sorrow with us. We get people liking posts that we should never be putting out there. Anybody still here? <laughs> I feel like I'm a 95-year-old man right now, but I'm still going to preach it. I'm telling you, some people have a group of friends that gather around themselves, and all they do is look at thorns. Look at troubles and trauma, and I get it. Our brains, we are a fallen people, and we can focus on, on what's broken a whole lot faster than we can focus on what's blessed, amen? But we need to rewire our minds and think differently. We need to start thinking of the things of Jesus Christ, amen? We need to focus on what God has given us that's beautiful, and maybe it even came from the thorn. Maybe it was an opportunity there is a much better option, and that is Jesus. And he lets our weakness become our strength through him. Thorns of the mind. Have you ever had them? Worry, trouble. Could you bring me that, sir? I forgot to bring it up. See, he said, take it to me. Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 6 and 13, 6 through 13. I don't have it, media team, so you're gonna have to help me quick. <laughs> be careful for nothing. That statement right there, be careful for nothing. Do you know what it means, church? It means be anxious for nothing. If you look at the original language, it actually says, don't worry about self-promotion as well. Be careful not to self-promote. I talked to you last week about Paul's high cost of nothing, that he had so much, he was not behind the chiefest apostle. He said, I was nothing behind the chiefest apostle, but I traded it all for nothing that I might know Christ. He traded his nothing for nothing. And at the end, we know that Jesus died on the cross at the high cost of the cross so that we could have nothing between God and man. 
He was the man, Christ Jesus, the body. There is no mediator between God and man save the body of Christ, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus took our thorns and he put himself in the middle of our struggles and our trials. He wore our thorns as a crown on the cross. And he said, if you're going to take a thorn somewhere, the only person qualified for you to handle a thorn is to take it to me because I died on the cross to put glory between you and your thorns. If you take it to Jesus, he will help you handle the thorns of life. And someone said, amen. He can help in every thorn. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Thank God we can ask him, amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There are thorns in the heart and the mind, brothers and sisters. There are thorns of hurt feelings and thorns of hurt thoughts or missed opportunities or things that you wish would have happened or things you thought may have happened and they didn't. And there are those thorns and you can be consumed by worry. You can be consumed by things that will never happen but you thought they might happen. You can build in your mind things that are going to happen in the future and you can be anxious or have anxiety attacks over something that you think might happen but may never happen. In other words, it's a thorn, brothers and sisters. And he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Amen. Read this with me. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In other words, he's saying the way you get a thorn out of your heart and mind is to take it to Jesus. But when you have a thorn in your mind, you can come to church and you can dance, you can shout, you can spin about, you can have a wonderful day, and you can get in your car and the thorns in your mind will come back. And you'll still be worried about the stuff you left here, you came here with, when you're leaving here. And Jesus says, if you're going to change that, you're going to have to think on whatever's honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report and if there's any virtue in it if there's any praise I tell you today if I could preach for just a moment that there's virtue in the thorns there's praise in the thorns there's power in the thorns because it brings me to a beautiful place in Christ Jesus that when I leave here I shed off the anxiety I shed off the worry my mind is free and my conscience is not seared because I know if my mind still has thorns and I take them to Jesus and he makes it beautiful then it's the answer of a pure conscience toward God I'm thinking of things that are pure I'm thinking of things that are lovely I'm thinking of things that are good report and when you do that you rewire the circuitry of your mind and your mind produces a better life because your thoughts produce action and action produces the grace of God and you walk in beauty and holiness I preach to a church that knows what it means to walk in holiness. I preach to people that knows what it's like to live in the beauty of holiness. Amen. Because it's in those places of personal sacrifice. It's in the places of hiding and holding on to modesty that we find the beauty released in God's church. Amen. You will grow anyways. 
if you give it to Jesus and if you wash yourself in the word and if you think on pure things and honest things and lovely things and things of good report, you will grow anyways. The devil can't stop somebody who's rewired their mind for the kingdom. When you wire your mind for kingdom thinking, you're unstoppable. You don't have any quits to give. Sorry for the reference. But you simply just will not quit because you know God is on your side. And if it looks ugly, I know he's using it. This is ugly. I don't know if you can see that from where you're at, but that is a whole lot of ugly, brothers and sisters. How this much ugly can produce this much beauty is a lesson of life in Christ Jesus. How so much damage and so much pain and so much damage to your flesh can, can cause so much beauty to come. I don't even know how God does it sometimes. I'll be honest. I look at some people and I don't have all the prayer life and I'm not prayed up like I should be. And I'm going, that's a mess. But I hope someday is blessed. I mean, I don't even know what to do with it. I'm like, well, go pray. Go to the altar. Go seek You need Jesus. Really bad. I don't even know what to think of that. But I can tell you this. Can I give you a principle from the word of God? That you cannot heal on the level of your hurts. You have to heal on the next level. Amen? Where someone says something against you, you do not heal by getting a forgiveness or repentance. You don't heal by giving, by getting a, um, an, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, a, a requ- where they tell you, apology, thank you. My goodness. The word just left me. I'm having, an, I'm having a senior moment. Whenever you, whenever you get hurt at this level, you cannot heal at that level. You heal at the next level. That's why you have to take it to Jesus. People will hurt you. You're not going to heal, even if they apologize. Thank you. Even if they apologize, it may not heal the wound. The only way to heal is to go to the next level. You never address a problem on the same level that it came to you on. You always have to go to another level to heal the problem or fix the problem. In other words, you have to understand that your wounds are always going to be in the vase of life. Your wounds are always going to be down here. The only way to heal what's down there is to go to the next level in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? When you have an argument with somebody, you will not resolve that argument necessarily if they don't want to resolve it and you don't want to resolve it. You will not resolve it or heal everything necessarily on that level. You have to go to a higher level, which means that you have to be able to control your personal responses enough, to control yourself enough, to speak quietly or to give a soft answer which turneth away wrath. In other words, when there's anger and there's hurt and there's pain, you have to step into a higher godly principle to heal the moment. Amen? Oh, my goodness. Is this on? (laughs) I hope I'm helping somebody here. I need to grow in God. I have got to grow in God. And the truth of the matter is, I need you to grow. I need the church to grow. I need my brothers and sisters to grow. So when you come in here and you tell me all your thorns from the week, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. I have the same problem. Let's just all get together and have a pity party. No, I'm going to say, if you take that to Jesus, if you lift that one, just one level up to the Lord, if you take your problems to the Lord, 
Lord, just come up one level. You know the beauty and the power and the might that God can use through those things if you just not address your thorns on the same level that they damaged you at. I'm so grateful that I'm not focused on the thorns, but God taught me to focus on the beauty. How would you build a church, Brother Steve, if you were focused on all the problems of building a church? I got to the point last year, is, is this okay? Am I, doing, am I going too long? You're still with me? You're not bored? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I have, my personality type has a fear of being bored. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I literally fear being bored. I don't like think it. I don't like go, I really don't want to be bored, but I will avoid things that look like they're boring. <laughs> it's a problem. I'm taking it to another level. Okay, I'm going to Jesus with it. But I, I, I literally started praying a year because we need to take the church to the next level. We need to find a place, a building. We need to plant so we're forever settled. Amen, in this city. And I started praying and I started praying about it and I got a thorn in my flesh. I didn't ask God for a thorn in my flesh. I asked God for a place, a building for the church. And instead, I, I got a, a heart trouble. I got a heart problem instead. And so while I'm going through all this, the Lord is literally living out this message in my life. And I'm tired. I'm coming home bushed. I can't do the things I need to do. I can't focus on the church and, and build it because I'm so exhausted all the time. And I finally get the heart, the heart surgery. You know, they, they go in and they do that ablation thing and they help your heart not to misfire because my rhythm was off. And so when your rhythm of your heart's off, it causes you to be fatigued in every area of your body. All your systems are, are, are not functioning properly because of the heart. And I didn't ask for that thorn, but that's what I got, Brother Steve. And so then through that time, I was praying, and I'm like, Lord, you know that I need to, I mean, I don't even know if they're going to renew our lease, God. I need to find a building, and I'm thinking all these things in my mind, and I'm, I'm trying not to worry about it. I'm trying to think of what things are pure and holy and just, and yet this worry and this thorn is still in my life, and, I, and I'm thankful for medical science because they, they, they took what God created, and they use it to help you. I'm thankful for the surgery. I'm thankful for all that, but I'm so glad glad that I know that he had thorns as well. When he went to do the greatest act of recovering mankind, he had thorns as well. And when I pray, Lord, not my will, but thine be done, I felt a release in my spirit. And yesterday we're working in the yard, and I felt like a young man again. I felt strong. I felt strength in my body. And I said, Lord, you got me through the thorn. Now I'm going to embrace the beauty. I'm ready for that place of worship to be ours. I'm ready for the church to grow. I need you to grow so the church can grow. I need you to come in here and lay down your thorns so the church can grow. If we don't do this together, we cannot do it at all. But because Jesus put the thorn on his head and because they ran thorns, the word thorn literally means a wooden spike in Scripture. It translates thorn. When he says the Lord gave, the enemy came and I was given a thorn, that word thorn means a sharp wooden stake or spike. And it's sometimes referenced as in driving in the side, like as if you're functioning normally but you have this 
you have this problem that keeps showing up and, and you're functioning normal, but you, you, you have this self-esteem issue that keeps showing up or you're, you're functioning normal, but you just think that I, I break things all the time and I'm, I'm just not good enough. There's something in your life that's a thorn that, that is saying that it's driven into the flesh. And so whenever I began to thank the Lord for strength again in my body and the ability to, to go out and wield shovels and different work and cut down trees in the yard, I was thanking him for it. And he said, I put myself between you and the thorns so that you could bring them to me. But I also took the thorns on myself when I spread my arms and they pierced my flesh. It was the place where you hear the hammer ring out as the thorns are driven into the cross with him in between. Brothers and sisters, the lesson of the rose is that you are never stopped by the thorn. You are meant to grow beyond it. But also the lesson is he took your thorns when he spread his arms wide open and said, this is how much I'll pay for my church. This is what I'll do to buy you back. I know you felt like you're not worthy. I know you feel like you're not enough. I know there's thorns in your life, but I will be nailed to the cross with metal thorns so that you know that you are worth it, that I'd give anything for you, that I'd do anything to have you in my life. He loved you so much, he died pierced with thorns to purchase you. He says, remember my body when you're given over to worry of the thorns. He took our thorns he put himself in between, and they nailed him to the cross, put a crown of thorns on his head to mock him, a scepter in his hand, and the thorns that mocked him is the same thing that the enemy tries to do with your thorns, tries to mock you with the thorns of your life. Just remember, that crown of thorns turned into a crown of glory. And the thorns in your life, when given to Jesus Christ, when you put him in charge of those thorns, turns into a crown of glory where you're empathetic for people that hurt where you hurt and were wounded with the thorns you were wounded with. And you can literally reach out to them and say, let go of all those thorns. Let me show you something beautiful. And you put their life with the church, and suddenly they go, that's a revelation to me. That's beautiful. Just thought, I just thought I was living with all these thorns in my life. All my life, I just thought I was the problem. All my life, I thought I was the one that was just hung up and stuck up. But now I realized that the thorn was humbling me and was bringing me to a place where I was welcome in the beloved. I was welcome in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. For there is only one worthy there is only one worthy of thorns. Truly, we were worthy of the thorns, brothers and sisters. He was not. He should have never been pierced. He should have never wore a crown of thorns. We were the ones that were worthy of it because we were the fallen ones. We took of the fruit, and God handed out the curses. And with the curses, he cursed the serpent. And he cursed the woman in labor. You're going to bring forth children, and it's going to be pain to you. But in that pain, there's going to be a Messiah promise that the woman is going to bring forth the one who's taking away all of our thorns. Amen? Like there's a Messiah coming through the womb of a woman. 
And he's going to, the enemy is going to bruise him, but he's going to give us our triumph. And then the Lord says something to the man. He said, in toil, you're going to have to work the land all your life. And it says, thistles and thorns shall the earth bring forth. You see, we deserve the thorns because we were made of the dust of the ground. And the earth is going to bring forth thorns, brothers and sisters. We are going to have thorns in our life. We're going to have offenses. Woe unto you who offenses come. And woe unto you who bring offenses. The Bible says you're going to see thorns because we're human. We're made of dust of the ground. We live in this fallen, cursed world. But the beauty I finish with today is his cross reversed the curse of the thorns. That ought to get a praise like none other. That his cross tells us, I'm wearing the thorns for you. I'm wearing the stripes for your healing. I'm wearing the cross for your salvation. That your thorns can never keep you from growing into the church I meant for you to be. You're going to be a glorious church without spot or blemish. Or thorns, can I say that? Blemish is used in the scripture to represent the, the sacrifice that was unblemished. But can I just say today, there's going to be no thorns someday. Stand with me, would you? I hope this series speaks to you enough to tell you that when you struggle with a thorn, you don't need a support system. You don't need to be less lonely. You don't need to have everybody gathered around you. You need to know how to take it to Jesus. Amen? And I sometimes use this reference, but the disciples of John, when they heard he was beheaded, they went and gathered him up and buried him. And the first thing they did was they went and they told Jesus. That's what you need to do with your thorns. You need to have it washed in the water of the word. You need to have it baptized in his presence. Amen? Take the thorns to the place where the water flows. Take the thorns to a prayer life in the Spirit of God. And from those thorns comes something beautiful. The nourishment of your dreams and your hopes is found in a walk and a prayer life with God. I can't impress you any more than I can in the Word of God I, I, that there's something beautiful that comes from the thorns. It's so hard to believe that when you're going through it. It's so hard to believe that something good can come when you're really struggling with something. But I just want you to remember the struggle on the cross, that the high cost of nothing between us and God was Jesus Christ, like we said last week. But in that, he not only took every one of our sins out of the way so that we could have fellowship with God, he put himself in between. He said, I'm the mediator. When you got thorns, bring them to me. I'll take care of it. I'm the best one to handle thorns. Look at what I did. I'm the best one to handle thorns. Bring them to me. I wonder if there's anyone that's had this series speak to you about a thorn in your life or something that keeps reoccurring. Or maybe you shadow box all the time with a low self-esteem. And you feel discouraged sometimes because you feel like there's so much beauty I could see in my life. If I didn't feel so unworthy sometimes, I want somebody to take that thorn and I want you to go wash it in the presence of God and watch what blooms.
Watch what he does with it. Jesus, every head bowed in this room, Jesus. You are the mediator between God and man. Demand Christ Jesus. You were the thorn taker. You were the thorn receiver. You took my cross and died on it, nailed with thorns. And I pray today that you let me just bury my thorns in the water and the washing of your word. Bury my thorns in the life spring of who you are. Bury my thorns in the living water in the well of who you are. That the grace would overflow from the thorns and that from those thorns would come joy. And then by joy shall we draw from the wells of salvation. Help us to see today that when we place our thorns in your hands, and we place our thorns in your feet. We place our thorns in your forehead. We have a picture forever in history of the beauty that can come from that. Someone here, let's all come to the altar. Let's lay it down a thorn. Don't hold on to it anymore. It's hurt you enough. You've had your hands around those thorns long enough. Would you just put them in the vase? Would you just lay your life into Jesus Christ today? And then look around and there's others standing next to you who have put their thorns in Jesus Christ. And we become a beautiful bouquet of the church of the living God. We become a place where beauty is shown where thorns were sown. Jesus Today we pray. Somebody's laying something down they've held too long. Maybe it's a hurt from a family member. Maybe it's a struggle in your life. Maybe it's something you said. Maybe you feel like your mouth always gets you in trouble. I pray in the name of Jesus that that thorn turns to blessing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Wherever that thorn is at in your life, I pray it turns to blessed beauty right now in the name of Jesus and that you're forever used with that gift to bring others to the house of God, to bring others into the kingdom, to gather in other roses, as it were, for a beautiful bouquet that one day is going to be on display at the marriage supper of the Lamb. One day is going to be displayed when we are all taken home. Lord, help somebody here to lay it down. Come on, let it go. I'm going to re rewire my mind. I'm going to stop focusing on the thorns, not positive thinking, but purity, grace, virtue in Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn it around today in my mind. I'm going to turn it around today in my heart. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your voice. Everyone in here just praising. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. Come on, give him your thorns. Literally lift your hands and say, God, I give you my thorns. I know I don't know who my father is, but I give you my thorns. I don't, I don't know really where I'm headed next, but I give you my thorns. I don't know how my next paycheck's coming in, but I give you this thorn. I release it to you today. 
Be my mediator, God. I hand it to you because you best handle thorns. I hand it to you because you best handled the thorns. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Yeah. 